in a world where options are limitless, but time is not. Two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen. I don't see how the human race survived the medieval period. And Adam Cravens. A lot of them didn't. This is Binge or Cringe. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center at Rock 93.7. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. I have so many things to talk about. Well, good. That's, so many. I mean, that's good because we need we do need filler for the podcast. If None you if you it. were like, I got nothing. I got nothing. This is a short show. None of it is filler. First of all, I love Ryan Reynolds. Who should? I mean, why not? Why shouldn't you? I love Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I'm I'm not I, I'm not so masculine that I can't admit he's an attractive man. He's funny. He's, yeah, he's funny. Like, I, good shape. I mean, like, he, um, I tried. To watch Six Underground, right? It is so bad. It's it's overwhelming to the senses. It is. I mean, I think it's in. Well, the opening scene is like a fifteen minute. It felt longer car chase in yep. Italy, and without even trying to look for inconsistencies, the car drives right next to the semi. It clearly takes off the rearview mirror, and the next shot, oh, it's back. Armageddon, which is another film that Michael Bay directed, um, is evidently used at NASA um, for them to find is inconsistencies or things that are wrong oh. about um, like preparation for space or like ba- basically they want to see how many things you can pick out in that film that are wrong about traveling to space. Like, oh, that's funny. Um, so really, like that's kind of Michael Bay's thing. It. For those who don't know, the basic story is you got this rich guy who decides that he's going to put his money to making the world a better place, and he finds ghosts who are people with certain sets of skills, and he decides who the bad guys are, and he seems to be right. If Batman was Deadpool, yes. and he wanted to play Mission Impossible, yes, that's, that's what this movie is. And I have, if they could just distill Ryan Reynolds' lines and... I'll just watch that. Just very sizzle reel me, sizzle yeah. reel me the stuff that he's in, and like give me like a a little Star Wars crawl of what's going on mm-hmm. in between those things because that's all I need. I don't even think I needed that. And it's not that any okay. There was no oh that acting is horrible. There's obviously a, a decent amount of money went in here to film this, but yeah, production production awful. values like I mean def easily a hundred million plus. Easy. This could have been released. Perhaps should never have been made. But Ryan Reynolds is delightful. I think much in the same way that you and I have discussed uh, Adam Sandler mm-hmm. at certain points. Just going, what? Why would somebody do a film like this, guys? If you put enough zeros behind mm-hmm. something, like they're, they're probably going to do it. Now Netflix is claiming that this is in the top ten of their most watched uh, original films. They put Adam Sandler's film with. Um, Jennifer Aniston as their number one most watched film. Now, what counts as watched? Apparently, two minutes of watching a program means you have watched it. And again, Netflix is the one that's in control of all their their data. Mm-hmm. So, like, it means slightly. Le- okay, back in the day when like the, the Nielsen mm-hmm. was, was basically your your primary way to figure out like view. 
they didn't really have anything to do with like the networks or anything. So like, I'm not saying like it's completely 100% accurate, but it's a lot better than if you were to be like, Adam, so, uh, so do women find you attractive? I'll be like, all of them do, Jane. All the women find me attractive. Like, as opposed to getting it from a different source, maybe going, hey, do you think Adam's an attractive guy? And they'll be like, well, he's not ugly. Like, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not he's not the elephant man. <laughs> I mean, I, I chuckled at him. Like, you're going to get a probably a better and more accurate reading of something from an outside yes. source than going to the, the individual themselves and just being like, oh, no, they loved it, loved it. Best thing ever. Twelve trillion people watched it. Yes. Um we're we're so successful. We're we're so good. So I do have no doubt that pretty much most people with Netflix at least tuned into it because you hear Michael Bay, he makes big splashy movies and Ryan Reynolds and then other people I don't know. And it's like, okay, I'll watch that. But it's just it's jarring, it's boring, it's not entertaining and uh, unwatchable, really, is what it comes down to. It's unwatchable. It's just like, for real, let's cut over here. Let's cut over there. I'm going to blow this up. But you're not, e- I don't even know what's going on. But again, I'm going to tell you, that's Michael. Yes, I understand Bay. that. I understand that. that. So I couldn't finish it. And you know, I have watched some Drek. This is true. And I just, so that's Six Underground which I very much wanted to see, and I'm done with it. <laughs> I, well, wa- I wash my hands It's a, it's a great, great thing about this is you don't have to worry about that like DVD release or That's something true. like down the road. Like this, th- this puppy's at the pasture now. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if we talked about this in person or on last week's podcast. Did I happen to mention The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 3? I know that you and I have talked about Maisel, but I believe See, it's previous okay. seasons. I okay. don't. I don't think we've talked about it since the. Well, I'll try uh, was not, it season two. I know we talked about season one. That's that's anyway. what I'm like. I, I I don't think we have in okay in this room. So the marvelous Mrs. Maisel has won many awards. It is on Amazon Prime, and it starts in the late 1950s. And Mrs. Maisel is is a young wife with two young kids and her husband leaves and if you, do, she, if you don't know anything about the 1950s guys it was great yeah, for women uh, yeah like yeah, it was there was awesome. there was equality <laughs> and like nobody thought anything bad if like you got like divorced or you didn't want to raise children or uh-huh. like if your if your central thrust in life was not like cooking dinner or making sure that your husband she was pleased she makes a mean brisket yeah i'm just saying like 1950s were, I mean, just that they were stellar. Now, the glorious, fun 1950s vibe to this is, you know how the musicals of the 50s, most of the films of the 50s, are just like bright and shiny? No. And they're just like, this has that. And what I also like about it is Mrs. Maisel's family, Tony Shalhoub, plays her father. That alone. That Tony. alone. By the way, Tony Shalhoub... Uh, it's they're a Jewish family, so another layer to his delivery. Kevin Pollack is yes. also like I mean, honestly, yes. the supporting cast on this like is is about like Simpsons quality. But here's the thing: they're very, very wealthy, and most shows in general, as I thought about it, it's it's mostly like other than America's rich and famous is probably not on anymore. But anyway, it's 
it's kind of like oh regular people stuff but this is the very Lifestyle very very the rich upper and famous class kind of yeah yes which is they're not cutting coupons no, and just being like guys we got to get the dent, we have to get the dented cans at the grocery store okay yes don't don't go for any of that name brand stuff that has all of the packaging on it and there is one character whoever who lives like that and uh i don't know why i can't think of her name but you wouldn't recognize her until you heard her pita pita <laughs> yes, it's, you know, her. Alex Borstein? Yes. 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 Marvelous. And uh, she she spots the talent in Mrs. Maisel. And by season three, she is now on tour with, let's say, the equivalent of Johnny Mathis. All right. So she's being seen opening in Las Vegas and around the world with a, a male singer and that ensues um man it's funny but here's the thing in the second season we saw the introduction of jane lynch and jane lynch you see a great deal of in season three and jane lynch plays a character who is the most popular female comic around and she is which is honestly something that i can very easily see her yes playing. but wait wait There's so more. so you first see her um, as the character doing a bit. And it's, imagine Minnie Pearl, only bigger, and just, she's wearing a padded suit. She's more, <laughs> so, kind of like that. But she's like a country comic that uh, Minnie, people Minnie love. Pearl, I think, nailed, that. I mean, but, that nails that, yeah. Yeah, but Minnie Pearl was always, like, proper, the... The presentation of this character. A gaudy mini pearl. Yes, gaudy mini pearl. Okay. So she invites Mrs. Maisel over to talk to her because, you know, she's an up-and-coming comic. And Jane Lynch's character is the exact opposite of what she does on stage. So much so, I mean, the butler has to feed her certain things. She's a butler. She's a valet. She She is everything. And every time you visit her, you leave with a fur because, well, I already wore that once. She is the epitome of upper class I, elegance and I, snobbery. I know that people are always like, I want to pull myself up by my bootstraps. <laughs> Listen, I've pulled up my bootstraps enough time now. I think I'd like to see how the other part Yes, that, that, I want to see how that 1%... Le- like, I want to be able to just throw away my clothes and just mm-hmm. be like, I don't know. I've worn these shoes. They're dirty and I don't want to clean them. Yes. Or, butler, feed me that. Yes. So what happens in season two is they are at odds with each other. But then she, Jane Lynch's character, wants to have Susie, Alex Borstein, who is the manager of Mrs. Maisel. She wants her to be her manager because of her devotion. So she is now managing both of them. And what what does Jane Lynch's character really want to do? Seeing as we did talk about an Adam Sandler film of great weight, she wants to be in a play as a serious actress. Well, of course and she her does. other manager couldn't make it happen for her. So she is in a serious play opposite Carrie Elways. And she's magnificent. And she's in a way that you have probably never seen Jane Lynch. Because usually she's... 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, she, usually um, she's a certain Glee. type of character. Yeah. Not that she cannot act. She can, but... She, she does it so well as the Glee type of character that yeah. that's usually how you, you see her. And she's very vibrant. But in this, she's just, she is 
capital P uh, posh, you know? Ka-ting. She is ka-ting. So there is that. And that is just a joy. <laughs> it's a joy. So Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, the story is interesting. The costuming and the sets, I could probably watch several documentaries on that alone. Because I know you've seen a Doris Day movie here and there. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where you've got a hat that's matching the interior lining of your coat. Because you have a coat for every dress, you see. Well, and, I, you know, I don't. But I, I, and you have the gloves for this that and that. Right. And it's just, it's beautifully made. And I appreciate that as well. Not that I would know if they were doing it wrong. Every but. time there's a new season of this, like it is just any, any kind of award or thing that you can be up for, like it tends to like the, the production value on the show, like the supporting mm-hmm. cast, like the writing, like it's all, like Tony Shalhoub. It's, it may not be everybody's like cup of tea, but I'm just telling you, like if this is the kind of thing you enjoy, like it's again, there's no not, not no explosions. Nope. Um, like there's n- nobody is like jumping from helicopters. It's, it's like it's it's not at the level of Downton Abbey, but it is similar in that it is a different living experience in a specific time frame. If that makes sense, it's not as dramatic as that, but it's I think, very I think that's specific. Accurate enough, yeah. And and the jokes are funny. She's just funny. The, what they write for her as a comedian. Good, solid jokes. Well, and the the supporting cast alone that you've mm-hmm. described, like, that's probably, like, I don't know, eight of the, the people that you could put in, like, 50 mm-hmm. funniest people of the last, like, 30 mm-hmm. years. And for the most part, what she does is just uh, riff on things. And it's it's a great show. And it's it's legit funny. So. It, it is legitimately marvelous. It is. I think uh, Pamela Adlon, I think, is in it, too. Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. An- another really funny... Like an actress. It's a lot of funny. But perhaps Tony Shalhoub may be my favorite. Just because <laughs> he he's carrying the weight of the world, you know. <laughs> T- yeah. T- Tony's another one. Like uh, Monk, um, the bit parts that he did in the Wings. Men in Black movies. Wings. Yeah. He's another one that like the really. X-Files. He was can, the shadow guy. You can put him wherever you want. And like that guy is just, he's going to put eyeballs on yeah, him. Yeah, he was just in a musical like a couple of years ago. And I forgot the name of it for some reason. Um, but you didn't forget him. No, I didn't. Because yeah. it was on the it was on the Tonys. And he, I want to say it was Casablanca-esque. Anyway. He was in that, and now he's playing. He was fantastic. So you should watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You're listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about what's worth watching and what's not. So far, uh, Six Underground, not. Not so much. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yes. Okay. Now. Wait for it. Wait for it. We're going to talk about Dracula. Any, like. The Christopher Lee's Dracula or Bram Stoker's Dracula? Bram Stoker wrote the story Dracula. Correct. And as uh, as I'm sure everyone knows, the best Dracula is Frank Langella's hair. And that was made in 1979. Frank Langella's hair or just Frank Langella as Dracula. But we, we're not we're not going to give credence to Christopher Lee. Wait, like wait, Dracula wait. I'm just the, saying what had the greatest impact on me was Peter, Frank Langella's Frank Langella's hair in the 1979 film version of Dracula is nothing short of magnificent. Gary Oldman. I haven't Up watched and, the Frank Langella Dracula uh, in a few decades, but I know that I could 
come back with almost every line and every move. I know everything that didn't work and his hair. Beautiful. Besides, I would say maybe Sherlock Holmes, that is probably the character that has had more interpret and, and like successful like and funny reinventions you should mention that. and interpretations. So the crew behind Sherlock made for the BBC with those two well, who were they? Hobbitses. Yes. The Hobbitses. The Hobbitses. And and, uh, and Doctor Who. Doctor Who and a Hobbit, um, which is great. If you haven't watched the BBC Sherlock, you should. And so they're behind it. Not them, but the creators of that show created How this. How great would that be if the two of them were behind it? <laughs> there is a reference to Holmes. And if you're not paying attention, you won't pick up on it. So naturally, I picked up on it. And it was, you know, I have a friend that helps me find people. He lives in London. It's like, ah, she's talking about Sherlock. <laughs> okay, so Zing. this, what I like about it is. It's in public domain. <laughs> yes, there are, there are things, there are things we know about vampires. Uh, things like. That uh, are in no way related to Twilight. Right. If you, you, if you come at me with sparkles. No. There's I, no sparkling I in here. I will shut the door on you. But I was not as in love with the first episode. There are only three, by the way. What is it about I don't you know. And first episode? I don't know, because I love vampire stories. I really do. Um, I The vampire is my, I guess, horror movie thing of choice. I have seen all of them. But like You enjoyed like Interview with a Vampire. You like you know, Lestat. I liked or... the book, Interview. You didn't like the movie? The movie's fine. Okay. But I, I mean, if you didn't like Queen of the Damned, I can deal with yeah. that. I don't mind that. Yeah, that's if you don't like that, I didn't like that. But that trio of books I just devoured. But the first book is spectacular. Uh, anyway, so this is how they start out. You have you're you're in Transylvania, of course, and it's 1897, and you've got Jonathan Harker, the lawyer, is being taken to the castle. So it's like you're on it, you know, you you know this where is, you yeah. are. And then uh, there's a lot of business with flies in this. Imagine if John Woo had a thing about flies. I'm glad he doesn't. Like, I'm, I'm watching all of his films in my head right yes, now. Yes, imagine they were flies. all flies. So there's a Fly- lot of flies. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, like, it's, it's like going behind the eyeball yeah. flies. Okay, I'm just saying. I don't, you're, not, you're not enticing me with no. this. No. But here's the interesting part. So Jonathan Harker is helping Count Dracula, who is a feeble old man, with the very Bela Lugosi presentation. And the first thing he says... Like the slick back hair? Yes. I do not drink wine. You know, you've got that right there. Oh, he doesn't say children of the night, but I do not drink wine. (laughs) Anyway, we all know he means blood. (laughs) So uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know how the stairs move in Hogwarts? Well, the hallways seem to move in this castle. Also, Hogwarts was a castle. It was indeed. So you have a series of conversations of Jonathan Harker with the Count. And oddly enough, Jonathan starts looking sicker and the Count starts looking younger and more vibrant. Who knows what's happening? Oh, this is a flashback. Jonathan looks real bad. And he is in a room with two nuns, and one of them, Agatha, is magnificent. She sounds like the French woman from Lost, okay. uh, who was in Babylon 5. Adam knows of whom I speak, the, but it's not her. The one that the, the, the Hobbit liked? 
Or is that no, no, no? It was uh, the 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 long haired guy, the one that uh, called yes. everybody brother, brother. Yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, so she, it's not her, but the this woman, this this nun Agatha, she is interviewing Jonathan Harker, and so most of this is told, and in the second episode, it's also told as a backstory. So she's interviewing, and he said, "But I wrote everything down," and she goes through the whole thing, and she goes, "But I want you to remember." They go through everything, and there are many, many parts of it that are similar to the story. And the names, if you know the story, you will recognize. But clearly, in the original story, Jonathan Harker gets interrogated by a very sassy – not sassy. She is – If Bram Stoker was known for any kind of prose, it was sassy. Hmm. That's, that's how I'd describe him. She is she's magnificent. And you know, if you know anything about Dracula – where there's a Dracula, there's a Van Helsing. Now, I don't want to ruin it for you, but clearly the nun is Van Helsing. And she is sassy. And so you have this whole thing about the lawyer who's got something wrong with him and vampires. And we don't know, well, because she's a Van Helsing, but th- this nun, Agatha, she she's very interesting. And in the first episode, Agatha is far more interesting than the count, in my opinion. And uh, it could be just, it's a pain to listen to him until he starts normalizing. But You mean when he is talking? Yes. I do not drink divine. Now, what they added that was interesting is when a vampire drinks your blood, he absorbs your language, some of your memories, and... Okay, I didn't know this. Yeah, and so this Dracula approaches his life by choosing his meals wisely because Agatha, the nun, says that most vampires don't last long. They cannot live among everybody else, and they're like animals. You know, there's ah, 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 blood, 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 and they're dead. So, But this guy has obviously figured out if a way. If you have not done an audio book <laughs> for... I, at this point, I don't, I don't care what vampire story it is. <laughs> I do need you to do that. Like okay. you, you, you need to reach out to somebody that does audiobooks, and I need that. I have audiobooks. Right, but you haven't done that audiobook, I done that. and you haven't done it in the way that I need it to be done. I will make that happen. Or you know what? We don't even need a book. I just I'll write a story. <laughs> I'll write a story, vampires. and I need you to do the audiobook of the story that I'm done. going to write. Done. That re- we really can do that, That's, you know. Yeah. We have the we, ability. We have microphones and yes. like, I can make sentences. I, yeah. I already do audiobooks on the ACX, the Audible, the Amazon. That, but, but apparently, but there's none a, of them. Those. There's a dearth. There, there's yeah. a dearth. There's there's just a, a gaping hole of vampire that I need you to be doing. All All right. Right. We can branch I, it out into where. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna. Fine. I'll, I'll brainstorm off. All right. All right. So moving on. Uh, as we conclude, and by the way, it's three episodes. Each of them are an hour and a half ish. What is that about, like BBC? That like uh, when when you say a series or a min- mm-hmm. like when they say that, like I, I always think you know twenty episodes, nineteen episodes, whatever. The BBC like does a lot of this stuff where they're just like, oh yeah, it's uh, season one, and I'm like, but it's four episodes, and they're like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, I know. What BBC is all about that? We're done. We're good. We're good, guys. We're in and out. We're good. Clean it up. So you you have Sister Agatha clearly knows a lot. Now, they have not explained, does she know a lot because 
she is Van Helsing and other Van Helsings have taught her, or if she is the originating Van Helsing who has simply collected this knowledge. And what a gr- like! I mean, if you're just talking about like classic literature mm-hmm. in general, like Dracula is a great name. Yes, Van Helsing. How f- like how is there not a video game series like about that? Like. I want to play that guy that just has to slay vampire mm-hmm. after werewolf, after bat, after other nocturnal creature that, like, it's just such a fan. Like, I want my name to be, like, I, but I couldn't pull it off. Yeah, but but so. it'd be, it would be, it would be fun. So we have what's going on with Jonathan Harker, and he's telling his story. And the next big thing is she returns to the convent and... She taunts Dracula, and she knows what he is, but she doesn't know enough. And she, you see the nuns all come out with a pointed stick, and they have these sharpened pointies, Mr. Pointy, as Buffy would say, and no one will invite him in. And so she taunts him, which is Fabulous. I mean, she'll start out by saying the bats, aren't they a bit much? Could you just quiet them down? Let me. Okay, let me ask this. Like your your vampire lore, like the you cannot invite them in. Stakes, uh-huh. Okay, garlic, so here's the thing. Which like which of those are canon in this, or is it? This is what's lovely about okay. it. She he'll people will hold up crosses and he'll say, you know. Vampires don't like that. You will never guess why. Or, you know, vampires can't be invited in. We don't know. It just says so in the lore. And it it addresses all of the vampire lore as she goes over it. She goes, well, apparently this worked. And apparently that worked. And we don't know why. And in some, once in a while, Dracula will tell you. But it's all like, huh? Uh-huh. Which, they don't like turn and wink at the camera. It's not that type of show. But... It's if, interesting. If they were going, yes. they make sure to not break the fourth wall, right? But but it gets real close to it without without doing it. Yes. Okay. So the the entire this is the entire last scene of the um, first episode because it got better. Is she's talking to the wolf at the door? They don't. Inv- she opens the gates to the convent to mock the wolf. And now, she tells them. Now, is this a werewolf or is this just a like wolf? A, it's just a wolf. Just a wolf. wolf. Okay. And this was kind of gross and kind of for real. Uh, it was all done with makeup, obviously. But she tells the wolf, I know I'm talking to Count Dracula. Could you just make that happen? And so naturally you see him like peel off fleshy wolf parts. So he has the last 15 minutes where he is most likely naked and uh every you know he's glistening cuz he glistened because he was all sweaty and wolfy and she makes remarks because he'll say look look at those nuns look how they look at my eyes one of them will invite me in and she said these women have foregone everything and it's not your eyes they're looking at they've been in a convent for 20 years yeah. so it's magnificent, really, as it comes to the end. And as we go into the next story... It, it really feels like they have essentially did for for Dracula what they did for Sherlock. Yes. And if, if you have not watched the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, like, Sherlock, mm-hmm. you, check you it out. To. Like, I, so, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but, like, they did, they did Sherlock proper. 
you okay? Did you say the time? No, eighteen ninety-seven. So yeah. it's so it's period. Okay. Yes, but yeah. Now in the story, as I recall, you have the maybe the one survivor of the ship saying what happened before they arrived in Romania and all that stuff. So now we have the count is going to America, and it's just very interesting how things happen on the ship in between a conversation at a chessboard with Sister Agatha. And the conversations at the chessboard are perhaps the best of all of it because he is now not all scraggly and weird looking. And it's just, it's sharp. It's it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's very interesting as as someone that needs to sleep in a coffin with dirt from Transylvania and having a limited supply of food, I would think ships would be prohibitive. Well, to she a had vampire. said she had said um, pretty much the same thing, and apparently he can bring the weather with him, so he made it foggy the whole time, and he stalked the ship. So he would be able to assimilate in America because he became a mysterious this or that to all these other people, and he got them on the ship, and you know, basically to yeah. To feed so them. he was he was stalking his own ship, and uh, she said, "You need to learn to control yourself." And he says, "What was I going to do? It takes three weeks to get to America. Stay in a box all that time." He's like, "Well, you know." Got that. Uh, could, I could be better. <laughs> so it is It is clever. It is an, enough of the actual Dracula. So if you're a purist, I think you'll be satisfied. But it also... It pads out a lot yes. of the stuff. And again, for some reason, I don't know why I wasn't loving the first half hour. So I was like, eh, it's all right. Which I tell you, you can run into problems when you, okay, when uh, they did the uh, Ron Howard, Jim Carrey Grinch. Like, it's based on a book that's precisely that thick. Mm-hmm. And I know this is an audible medium and you can't see what I'm doing, but like, How that the Grinch thick. Stole Christmas is not a long book. There's not enough there for a two-hour film. Right. So... You have to add to that. You have to give, you know, motivation to characters, uh, so on and so forth. And depending on who you ask, they either succeeded tremendously or they made a mockery that was sacrilege. And when you're dealing with beloved characters or classic characters mm-hmm. or classic literature, you can really upset that fan base if you don't do it in the correct way. And like Dracula's been around for a yeah. minute. So when you're adding to something that has been like well established and pretty much any variation on the vampire myth almost either has to reference it directly or it has to kind of tip its hat mm-hmm. to Dracula at some point. Like even uh, the the Marvel uh, Blade movies, you've got instances where like they have to kind of discuss going, all right, well, Dra- what about Dracula this? Like what mm-hmm. of that is – so I mean – when you're dealing with not just vampires in general, but Dracula himself, mm-hmm. people are going to take that seriously. Yeah. I mean, there were many reasons for people to get upset over the the first sparkly vampire movie. But it was the sparkly, I think, that really set most people off. They could accept this love story, but you made him sparkle? What? And it's like, no. And no. 
They don't sparkle. It was like that was just so out in left field. That away from it. Like like I said, the I had referenced interview with a vampire mm-hmm. earlier, and I felt like they basically they kind of did what Batman Begins did with the Batman mm-hmm. mythos. They were just like, okay, if you were legitimately going to be a billionaire who like went out and was a vigilante. Which parts of that are are enough that we can make believable, and what parts of that do we kind of need to leave out because, like, there's just you can't there there's no verisimilitude with that. Mm-hmm. So with with that, like, in, in as much as you've got to go, like, uh, I, I want to say when they're doing it, um, they, they bring up crucifixes, and Brad Pitt's character's like, oh, well, I actually I I really like looking at them. But like they were like, oh, coffins you have to do, and like mm-hmm. we, we do drink blood. Yeah, and know? they did the soil thing. Now I will, I guess I was almost at the turning point of I can't watch this with the vampire baby, and by vampire baby I mean vampire baby. So it was like, is it is it as adorable as Baby Yoda? It is not. Is, ma- it, is it on the disturbing end of how cute? Yes. Okay. Yes. So as and cute like, as Baby Yoda is. This is on that, but in in the and I turned to Jim. Category. I said, "They're not. They're not." And he's laughing. The toddler is bothering. It's not a toddler. It's a baby. So there is a crawling baby vampire, which you don't see for long, but or, or anywhere else yeah. that I can think of. And you know, the count goes, "I didn't know it would live. I never seen it work on one of those." It's like. Okay. That's okay. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> I mean, it's morbid. Definitely goes into a dark place. Yeah, but I didn't know. Huh, I didn't, who knew? Who? Well, I mean, it never worked on a baby. So it it almost looked like Chucky's head. Yeah, I can. But believe a bit that. more vampire-y. That makes sense. And that that was really the hard pill I had to swallow because it looked so silly to me, but. After I got past that and it really picked up more, then it was better. So it is clever. I think you'll be satisfied with it. And if you have a short attention span, it's just no, three it's episodes. Just three. Now, the, granted, they're, they're what, an hour and a half? Yes. Yeah, but still, there's just three. There's just three. And that is on Netflix. And I uh, I liked it. Again, I, I still have great love for Buffy and great love for the 1979 Frank Langella Dracula. I keep bringing up his hair because he no longer has any, and I feel a personal loss because of it. Well, I mean, it. the 1970s were a minute ago. Yes, but then it was like he had it, and then he had zero, you know? It didn't like, oh, Frank's hair is thinning. It's like he had this Barry Gibb set of of hairs on his head. And we're and sure it like, wasn't like a Shatner toupee or something like that? I never thought about that, and I don't even want to now. Like, it's possible that... I don't. I don't. Like, I mean, it's kind of unspoken, because, like, I've literally never seen him without it, but, like, William Shatner, that's not his hair. Yeah. Well, he does. No, he's mentioned it. But I'm, But have yeah. you seen it? No, but you've been in the same room with him, so it's like your friends. It's... Well, it was a really big room. But still. I would have rather it been a room like this and we were talking yeah. and he said I was his best friend. Yeah, well, but, who wouldn't like that? But, but he didn't. That only happens in my dreams. So in my binging or cringing, there's that. And there is one more. And it is Kevin Hart with a reality show. Don't, don't F this up. Don't 
F your S up. I don't know what words we can say in the podcast, but it's not spelled out it's best, in the name. I don't think this is the day to test it. No. Those are not the words that we test it with. No, you're correct. But it's basically Kevin Hart's show saying, do not make it a mess of your life. And okay. all right. that's that's the long it's version. It's not as catchy when you take out the curses, but all right. No. I, so much like his last stand-up, and Kevin Hart, I think he is hilarious. I really do. True. And Jumanji, hilarious. He's, I can watch him and The Rock just really do any, anything. anything. I don't care what they're doing. Interviews, like if Abbott and Costello. Yeah. I mean, they they entertain me a lot. Man, I would watch it. What was oh. it? Abbott and Costello meet, meet the Wolfman. Oh yeah, oh that'd be great. I'm just saying. Let, and wait for it. Okay. And the Wolfman is Johnny Depp. I think. I mean. Uh, Okay. Now, now my head. Or, or, or you could just do explode? a little. You could do a Jumanji like and get mm-hmm. Jack Black to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically got all the hair for That's it, anyways. True. So, um, there's that. I find him very funny. He's a fine actor. Seems like a really great person. And I found his last stand-up that was on Netflix. It was like I know. I remember telling you this. I realize this is the setup. I realize this is the joke. I understand why this joke is funny, but it's really just not funny. You know. The the so, thing about when people get even more m- more famous and like they do their their stand up like uh, when Robin Williams did his Broadway show, mm-hmm. it's not as good as his '70s stuff because they don't get to hone it right. in the way that like you when you're when you're in the club night after night and you're kind of you're snipping the stuff that doesn't work. Whenever you're doing 14 movies a year, a couple of Netflix specials, and a reality show, and I'm, he's probably got product placement somewhere. Not to mention he has a mm-hmm. fan. I'm just saying, like, Kevin Hart really, like, I don't think he probably has any spare time. Right. What I like about the show is, and I, I know it was a completely different experience, but I have done a reality show. And so I understand how there has to be a story for each episode. And it doesn't mean that the thing didn't happen. But sometimes things are recreated, and sometimes they aren't. Sometimes they do just happen when you're filming. And what is great about the Kevin Hart reality show is you you see how he takes care of his family and the people who were with him when he had nothing. Because he is very, very adamant that you do not achieve the level of success he has by yourself. And so he takes care of and employs, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 people. And he has a production company and he has all these shows that they're not all on Netflix, but I mean, he's behind a lot. He is also an executive and he takes care of a lot of people. And you find out about that. Uh, It's not hilarious, but what I find annoying about it is the way he wears his hat. You see... Is it a skew? It's not so much that it's askew. It's almost like it's resting on his head, but not placed on his head. Does that make sense? So it's almost like it's hovering. Yes. Not. It's either wear the hat or don't wear the hat. Like, didn't was it the Great Gazoo? Like, is it, didn't? No, he had a helmet. Oh yeah. Okay. Wear it. Wear it or don't wear it. But in almost every scene, in a few episodes, it's on backwards. I don't care. Your hat's on backwards. It's not bothering me. It's the fact that it's on backwards, but it's like, or maybe his baseball caps are just really, really tall. 
but they're it's almost like a top hat yes it's a top it's, hat it's a top, it's a top hat, hat baseball but it's a ba- baseball yes hat. and i find I, it distracting i absolutely need to have one of those now. <laughs> I, I find it distracting i want a lincoln-esque top hat <laughs> but with the the quality and, and the 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 feel of a baseball cap yeah that's I'm gonna to try to bring up an image to show Adam that there's if at no all way possible. that the image that you pull up on there <laughs> is gonna be as satisfying as the one that I have in my head. So what it talks about is uh and I didn't I didn't know this. I, I remember vaguely that there was an issue with him and his wife, I guess. You know, I don't a lot of things I just remember vaguely. And apparently That's how I remember everything. Yeah. Apparently this rendezvous with a woman uh was filmed by one of his inner circle and i had no idea and lawsuits and this and that it's like wow that's that's got to be just forget the whole married thing that that's a whole different thing but you also have very different violation yeah you also have your your inner circle has done that it's like Wow, there's a, just... multiple like yes. circles of trust are being yes. uh, destroyed. And then you have, by the way, his baby Kenzo. I'm not even bothered by that name. I think it's a great name. I think I believe that was uh, Kramer's brother's name on Seinfeld. Yes. He's the cutest little Ken, baby. Kenzo and Cosmo. Cutest little baby. Oh my goodness gracious. Anyway, uh, and he has dogs. So then they do the big thing about. Um, his tweets from 10 years prior and why he did not get to host the Oscars. And you see a few days before it happens what the Oscars... Okay, I'm showing you the hat. Hold on. What the Oscars mean to him because the hosts have included many of his idols. And so he would have been the fifth African-American comedian to do that. And he would have been up there with Richard Pryor. And that's a big deal. Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-huh. Um, so Chris Rock. When he f- has it in that perspective, he's, he's really bummed about that. But, but. it is what it, it is. And, and then you see his reaction when he's being sent down the road for a joke that he made that he no longer does. And, you know, we've talked about things like this before. I Like when uh, James Gunn was fired from Guardians yes. of the Galaxy 3. I for, mean, yeah. I, as Kevin Hart says, and what he had the hardest time understanding because he didn't see how it affected his staff, but it was, do you not grow or change as a person? I mean, are you going to judge me for something... It's the red hat. Just keep watching. You're going to judge me for something I thought 10 years ago was funny and now clearly yeah, isn't funny? You're, you're accurate about, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's like sitting there and boycotting Disney because yes. of some of the, the, the more racist cartoons yes. or Warner Brothers that they made in the 1940s. Like, if okay, if you're still doing that in the year uh, 2020 or 2019 mm-hmm. or whenever like that was filmed, that's different. Yeah. I think if you have kind of apologized to that, if you've stopped mm-hmm. it, I think that's different. But if, if that was still the individual he was, if like James right. Gunn was, again, I you, you do have to take things like that into account. Yes. Because and- if you want to bust somebody for every time they've done something wrong, like we just have to fire everyone. Right. So, yes, I, yes. 
what he said was um, not what's the word, sensitive 10 years ago. It was inappropriate. But again, that's not what he's right. doing now. Right. However, um, he had some, he still has some gay members of his staff, and they said, I don't have a problem. You, you know, you and I are fine. I know you. I know where this, this is 10 years ago. I mean, they were on the same page, but they said, however, for me now, uh, I, I have a wedding planner who, because I'm gay and the wedding planner's gay, they want to not plan my wedding because I work for you and things like that. And so he didn't realize the trickle down, it would affect the other people, right. which is, again, we'll say it over and again, people do stuff that they that are mistakes and they learn and they grow from them. But do you have to be judged by every error you ever made in your life? Especially ones that you have shown like yes. remorse or like you, you've changed that behavior. So that is interesting. Yeah. But again, this is not a laugh riot type of thing that you're going to watch. And the biggest problem I have is this, is this top hat baseball cap. Which, again, she, she kind of she nailed. Yeah. So uh, that is ongoing. And it is he, – he's super rich, clearly. But I have – not because I turned it on. Believe me, I have dogs sat in houses that keep keeping up with the Kardashians on for their dogs. I'm not lying to you. So I have... Do they not like their dogs? I guess not. Okay. I have seen enough of that show to have an idea of the ostentatiousness of their lifestyle. Yep. I think that, and, that's the nicest way to put it. Yes. And Kevin Hart is, at the very least, at the same level of the monies. And yet... You know, provides an actual service to society. Well, but you, but when you see his house or the cars and stuff, it's not so showy. It's like, yeah, you expect him to to have he the latest money model and of he, this, and he's got stuff. Yeah, but it's not like everything is made of gold. It's not like Liberace has deco- decorated his home. Which, Which now that I now say that it you, aloud, yeah, I really want to see the show where Liberace yes. like comes <laughs> and in and does a George. home makeover yes. for Kevin. Like that seems like gold to me. I would love that. I do wish my brother George was here. So, uh, so it is good. It is. It is what it is. You will perhaps have a different understanding of him uh, and. You get to see, you know, where his stand-up comes from and how how wonderful he was for his mother. And just um, there's, there's just interesting facts about an interesting person that you did not know and what he does. But just don't expect it to be, uh, this is a super funny Ma- thing. Manage your expectations. Yeah. It's just going to be a, an interesting look in his life. But you do always have to remember, as with any reality show, there is a goal for each episode, and so things have to happen for each episode to be entertaining. Correct. So it's not all that really happened that way. Sometimes it did happen that way, but it had to be manufactured that way to tell the story. But, I mean, the popularity of reality television, and again, like, I don't even think that's a good name for it. Yeah. It's it's really unscripted television. Yes, but yes. like, because I mean, they're manipulating things like to the the nth degree. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the name we call it. And, and there's me very, saying that is not going to change it. And there's very little, you know, 
confession chair type things. Right. It, there's just there is some, but it's maybe three percent of it. Maybe it's just to get perspective from someone else, but it's not a big thing, and it's not there's not a lot of dishing and stuff like that. I don't remember the comedian that said it, but basically they they were like, "Cops is the only real." reality show like yeah. they they aren't prepping those people no. before like they kick down their doors or like so get the awesome. key to the city i'm just saying that that's reality right there when they when they knock their legs out from under and they slap the cuffs on them that's for reals people like for reals so um i'm not gonna say it's binge worthy but it's not bad either i just it's I'm not in the yeah i'm not in the i can't wait dracula it's like what are they going to do next and six underground i had i have been underground i would not have had to have submit to the 20 minutes that i submitted to and then i said i can't do this anymore this just isn't working for me it's not you it's me no it is you it is you the movie and i can't watch you it's i'm just like My, michael bay has a very specific kind of dish yeah that he makes i'm telling served you, if, cold if you don't like that kind like some people love like jack in the box fast food they just they love it but like if you're not one of those people that loves it like it's none of it's edible Mm -hmm. to you and that is michael bay cinema right there you either you can you can digest it and you love it and you love the texture and the taste of everything or it's just it's appalling to you and like merely standing in the same room smelling like that food is is enough to make you nauseous and I would like to toss this in. I have mentioned Togo before on Disney Plus. I have watched it more than once. Do the kids watch it yet? Not yet. Okay. But it's because we don't have Disney Plus. Oh, there's that. Yeah. Anyway, so in reading about it, uh, this is a movie. You know the story of Balto. This is the story of Togo. It's the same historical situation. The thing is, Disney, when they made this, it is. factual. A lot of the stuff that you think is, wow, did that really happen? You know, because for a story. In this case, wow, it did really happen. Except the very end. And it kind of annoys me. And I'm going to say it because it's not that big of a thing. Togo lived to be 16 years old. And so, you know, in the end, um, you just have him and, you know, all the Togo puppies. Because Togo is the first of the, um, what is his name? I think it's Sapus or Sapalan. There's a certain type of husky that Togo became the father of, which was a smaller, lighter one, which most of the huskies at the time were just heavier. And these smaller, lighter dogs could actually have more endurance than the others. Now, in their defense about the ending of it, there are a lot of films that can either be ruined. Wait, wait, wait. This is, it's just minor. They can be ruined or they can be saved by their ending. This is very, very minor. It, it is completely accurate, except Togo did not die in the arms of his beloved owner. He was given away and lived on a farm in Maine. It wasn't, it wasn't like... He's going to live upstate in a farm. No, no, no. He actually did live he 16 actually years. Okay, good. And, good. I mean, the, he, he lived out a peaceful life. Um, but the dog, for real, was given away when he was a puppy and broke through a plate glass window, ran across Alaska to find his home, and they gave him away. 
It's it's kind of like a really sad version of Charlotte's Web. Yes. They're like, Wilbur lived to be a fat old pig and nobody ever made him bacon. Until he died, and then they did. Uh, so, yes. But they, but they gave him away, and, I know. And, and he never got to see Charlotte's children again. Yeah. So that just really bugs me. However, it is nice to know that all of the truly dramatic things in this story that happened, they really did. And he was a really amazing dog. And as a dog owner, how could I don't From how? the standpoint of a movie, I'm actually happier that they, they did it that way because that really does change your perspective on on the ending. I'm just saying like they're just like, OK, well, yeah, uh, l- let's give him away. I like that version better. Now, I want. As I build a backstory for myself, I think they gave him away because they were too old to properly take care of him. I don't know, but that's what I'm telling myself. I, I thought you were building your own backstory in the movie about your life. Like, <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, well, I'm going to change this aspect of it. Again, Balto is an excellent movie, and it... now Not Balto. Uh, Togo. And now I'm just annoyed at Balto, who was just a right place, right time. Right place, right time. You got all the press. You're in Times Square, but and you did a lot. But this one did like six times more than you did. But he just he didn't he, he didn't get the press. Yeah. So I'm mad for that dog, who has been dead for uh, since nineteen. 19- he was, de- he was dead multiple decades before I was even born. <laughs> Let's see. I want to say. You should it, you should put that on Twitter and see if it'll start I think trading. he's been dead since 1927. Mad, so. mad for that dog. <laughs> I am mad for that dog. Hashtag mad for that dog. So, uh, but clearly I do binge on that. Anyway, I may have watched other things. I don't remember. I think I've had my say. I but think we've said enough. We have. And it's not like we can't cover it on another podcast. We will. But I mean, this week I was like... I, Gotta tell Adam this. Gotta tell Adam this. Gotta remember to tell you, Adam you this. You have my phone number. You I know, but can, we might have can, a conversation that's funnier than this. And so I can't risk email. that. I'm just saying, like, if it comes down to it and it's an emergency, like. I know. Like, I mean, like, let's say, like, you're in a car accident. You'll just be like, this would be great for the podcast. Just go ahead and forego that. Like, call me if you if you need help. Like, right. emergency situations, don't save it for the podcast. If only I'd had a camera. Or, or I get there and you're, you're, you're like, you're, you're bleeding out of your left side. But I'm like, is that a microphone? And you're like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be gold. This is going to be gold. <laughs> Stay on me. Stay on me. It's, it, it's raining and there's, <laughs> there's smoke and fire. I, no! <laughs> this is so good. Here, video it too. Video it. <laughs> We're sick. Okay, so thanks for listening. I'm sure I'll watch other stuff. Between uh, now and the next podcast, you I should happen that. to hear. Oh, when is Picard coming out? It's I know it's January. It's here well, very it soon. It is January. I know. I'm just saying, like, it's here very soon. I want to say mid-January. Okay. Because it's January they're, now. They're going to they're gonna drop it. Like it's... Like, like it's hot. Like it's uh, hot. Hot. Uh, anyway, I appreciate your time, podcast listener. One, I assume. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens is a Hinson Oakley Podcast Center production. Listen to new or past podcasts anytime at rock937online.com.